0: Nick Kirby here, and welcome back to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Well, big day for the Reds on Wednesday, as they signed 32-year-old reliever Emilio Pagan to a two-year contract. Bryce Spalding will join me in just a moment to talk about that signing and more with the Reds offseason. Before we get to that, I wanted to tell you about our proud sponsor, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuels production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.DeepSouthCommodities.com for more information. And thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. I also wanted to remind you that I will be at RedsFest on Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with Justin Kenner of ESPN Radio 1410 in Dayton. Justin has been kind enough to invite me to co-host their live broadcast from RedsFest where we're going to get to interview some players and personnel. So if you're there, please stop by and say hello. I'd love to meet those of you that support our show and uh, have really helped us grow the show much more than we ever could have hoped for this year. So please stop by and say hello if you're there. If you can't make it, be sure to tune in to 1410 AM. 1410 AM. And then we're also hoping to get some of those interviews up on YouTube and in your podcast feed down the road. All right, well, here's myself and Bryce Spalding talking about the signing of Emilio Pagan. We also took some questions about the Reds offseason on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. This was late on Wednesday night. Well, hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to a special edition of Chatterbox Reds. Reds made a little noise today. Hot stove starting to heat up, and I uh, had to bring on my guy Bryce Spalding to uh, to talk about all of it. Bryce, how we doing?
1: Good, always good when the uh, red lights get better.
0: Yeah, and uh, they got a little better today. But here we go, Emiliano Pagan. That's the Reds' first, uh, you know, big time signing of the off season. Relief pitcher had a really, really great 2023 season. Has um, had a really solid overall career. Um, but had struggled a few years prior to his kind of, uh, I guess somewhat of a, a breakout season last year, or maybe a re-breakout season. Uh, Red signed him to a two-year, $16 million deal uh, that has a player option after one year. He does get a bonus if traded. The one thing I think the Reds probably really liked about him, Bryce, 59-plus appearances in each of the last three years. And then there's kind of some some good and bad here. Career... 1.6 home runs per nine, not great for great America ballpark last year. He had 0.7 home runs per nine on the flip side. He's got a much higher career strikeouts per nine inning that 10.3, but he was down to 8.4 last year. Uh, and then his fly ball rate just dropped a uh, home run per fly ball rate dropped drastically uh, last year. So kind of a, a mixed bag. Uh, Red's paying him a nice little chunk of change for a reliever. Um, so. <laughs> Bryce, kind of I guess. Just let's start overall. What's your kind of just your overall thoughts on uh, uh, this signing here?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a positive one. I think it's one that don't don't view it as they signed him to be a closer or high leverage guy. View it as a maybe a buck a more expensive Buck Farmer replacement. Like he's a better version of the Buck Farmer. They're gonna they're gonna get. Like you mentioned, he pitches a lot. He's available. He's durable. He. Does what he needs to do there like he's not going to be an eighth or ninth inning guy more than likely which he can be he's shown that in his career but the Reds don't need him to be that and I think that that's a positive whenever you're signing guys like this they don't have to put the entire weight of the bullpen on their shoulders they can just come in and be themselves and and perform so um, I think it's a good fit I think it's really uh, a big upgrade from the Derek Law and Buck Farmer middle relief core. Um, I, I do really like the tweak that he made to his arsenal, which we can get into a little bit, but um, he did make a pretty big tweak and and really improved his results in 2023. So that was always, that's always good to see.
0: Yeah, kind of the, Bryce, the, the thing that stands out to me, obviously, is the, the amount of money, uh, $8 million. That's uh, mm-hmm. a lot for a reliever, especially with the Reds. Uh, last year, Buck Farmer was the highest paid Cincinnati reds reliever at I think 1.75 million. So the reds must clearly really like him. There must be something that they really like. And the reds have had at least last year, they had a entire bullpen full of dirt cheap relievers that they were able to evaluate Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh, find a lot of diamonds in the rough. So hopefully that translate when you have $8 million to spend on one of these relievers, you might be at that next level. Now, maybe that's a little bit of wishful thinking, um, but definitely the Reds are, you know, investing in their bullpen. Uh, the other thing that does kind of stand out, I mean, you know, the first free agent, I, I think, the signing was uh, Ronaldo Lopez, that was $10 million a year. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, you know, this is almost kind of the going rate. Um, yeah. I, I personally, Bryce, don't really care how much the Reds spend on short term deals. Um, I say, you know, max them out. I I would rather overpay for a two year deal than underpay for an eight year deal anytime. Um, and and I think that's, that's how you uh, keep your, your organization healthy. That's how you avoid rebuilds and and all those other kind of, uh, 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 just, um, um, scary things.
1: Yeah. And and like you said, well, what's the difference if he got two for 12 million or two for 14 million, like they're really a a difference. Like they probably gave him a a couple extra million to come pitch in GABP. Like it is what it is. He's a good pitcher. He's going to make the reds better. That's a, that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. No no question about it. And and, and I think that's a good point. Bryce is that there probably is a a little bit of a premium that you have to pay for these relievers because obviously Emiliano Pagan, he's 32 years old. I believe he'll be 33 next year. He, he probably still thinking I can get one more contract after this. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to go to great American ballpark, I'm probably going to hurt my value a little bit at that next contract. So you're going to have to pay me a little bit more now. And um, that's, and that just is what it is with great American ballpark on the flip side, the reds can make up that by being able to sign uh, players like we've seen over the last couple of years that, Hey, mm-hmm. I want to come to great American ballpark to reestablish my value as a hitter. Um, so this is just kind of, I guess, you know, the, 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 the flip side of it talk a little bit more about his his Arsenal kind of you know your research I know you've dug in this a lot more than me today uh you've been on top of it Bryce what do you what do you think about the the Arsenal the changes um and kind of what what's made him um take kind of that big leap from 2022 to 2023
1: yeah 20 you obviously everybody loves the split I think that that's a really popular pitch because it just looks nasty and you see the the flailing swings and misses and, and so on and so forth. His split's not as good as Fernando Cruz's Fernando Cruz's splits elite. Like you don't you don't get that very often. It's one of the best pitches in all of baseball. So Pagan kind of went away from his splitter a little bit. He's done a lot of right on right splits and that just it doesn't bode well a lot of the times. That's usually how you give up home runs and, and extra base hits and things like that. So he decreased his his splitter usage by about eight percent he increased his cutter usage by about ten percent, and the 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 big thing that really kind of took his arsenal and his game to the next step was he turned his cutter into a true cutter rather than more of a slider. Um, so with that, you are you can work off your fastball a little bit more, you can tunnel it a little bit better, and and versus his slider or curve or his cutter that he was throwing in twenty twenty two was getting hit really hard, is. His cutter in 2023 was one of the best pitches in all of baseball as well. So he, he tweaked it a little bit, a little bit less depth, a little bit more uh, velo and, and a little bit firm in, in the zone there. So um, he did a really good job of kind of resurrecting his career, honestly. I mean, he was 31 coming off a really not a great year in San Diego and uh, did a really nice job last year. So the, the thing about him is he attacks hitters. Um, he comes he right at people. He's not afraid to get hit. He does get hit kind of hard, but he, he limits what happens with that. He does, he only gave it five home runs last year, I think it was. Like uh, he was one of the top pitchers in the league in like infield fly outs. So yeah, then maybe the fly ball percentage is a hair high, but fly ball percentage and if you're allowing 18% of infield fly balls, like there's a there's a big difference there. So I, I really. I don't know how sustainable the flyball percentage with great American is. I think that's a little overblown. Anyway, Lucas Sims is the highest flyball percentage pitcher in all of baseball last year with minimum of 50 innings. So um, I just, I think that you don't look so much in the flyball percentage, look at more what the pitcher is going to be doing and how he's attacking each hitter. And I think you'll have a lot more success.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it, the thing about relievers, Bryce is they're all risky. Even yeah. though, even the, the elite ones, relievers are volatile. Like, we know that. Uh, so I, you're, you're risking it, it all the time with whatever you do with relievers. I don't want the Reds to spend a King's ransom on their bullpen. I think maybe $10 million's maybe like about the max that I'd be able to do. But I don't have an issue because it's just, it's just such a short-term two-year deal. And you know what? If this guy pitches great, it might be a one year deal, right? Yeah. And and you say, hey, thanks for the year, man. Appreciate it. Um hell, maybe maybe he's so good you can offer him a qualifying offer. That's maybe really <laughs> dreaming. Uh <laughs> that's yeah, that I don't has there ever been a reliever to get a qualifying offer? <laughs> maybe Probably <hate> not. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe hater. That's about that's about it. But uh yeah, I um look, it's it's exciting to see the Reds um um, you know making a move and, and kind of getting rolling I think this hopefully uh uh allows some people to take a deep breath and step back and say yeah. okay they're actually gonna spend a little bit of money they haven't been completely <laughs> lying to us uh and uh I, I think this is the first of of of, of a lot to come um mm-hmm. we'll get into that a little bit more um but just I don't know Bryce any other you know I don't I don't have any incredible thoughts about Pagana other than hey I, I like it. I'm for it. I don't think it's uh i don't think it's some giant needle needle mover, but it's another quality arm or at least has the potential to be a really mm. quality arm with some upside that you've added to your team and uh, the reds are better than they were yesterday. That's pretty much how I view it right now
1: yeah and and, and I think to uh, the one thing I really wanted to kind of hit on tonight was like I've seen so many people talking about the the fly ball, ground ball percentage. And, and I think a lot of that just in general is a little overblown. Like but look more about what a pitcher is going to be offering from, from, from hitter to hitter versus, oh, they have a 40% ground ball rate. He fits GABP well, or he has a 20% ground ball rate. He's not going to be, he's going to be terrible at GABP. Like Buck Farmer is a perfect example of a guy that, it n- makes no sense whatsoever that he would pitch well at JVP, but he performed better at home than on the road. And in both years, he was in at for, for pitch for the Reds. So, the, that's the thing. Like as you said, relievers are, are fickle. They're weird. They're you never know exactly how things are going to go. So, um, to just trust that what he's what he did with his arsenal is going to stick and, and continue moving forward. He's going to be a good pitcher for the Reds.
0: Yeah, one other just uh, point that I, I, I'll i make before we kind of wrap it up and maybe just kind of uh, open the discussion of what we kind of like to see uh, next for the Reds. Uh, one thing I really like doing just a little bit of research on Pagan, we saw last year it felt like the Reds' bullpen was exhausted at the end of the year, right? I think we all mm-hmm. felt that, and uh, for good reason. They were used hard and heavy, and uh, they had to be used hard and heavy, or the Reds never would even have had a chance Late in the year, because the starting pitching was just not very good at all um, early in the year. Pagán gave up one run his first appearance on September second. Then he nine appearances in September, no runs. Two appearances in the playoff, no runs. So this is a guy that finished the year strong. So not not just only is he, he has that reputation of a uh, uh, of uh, a rubber arm, but he also pitched really really well down the stretch. Now does that mean he's gonna? it's going to be a for sure pitch well down the stretch next year. No, a lot of that stuff can be very fluky and whatnot, but he did finish the year strong and the Reds bullpen as a whole did not finish the year strong. So it's just nice to know that, that, that he uh, hopefully has that endurance. And, and, and whenever I say, you know, rubber arm, I just want to like knock on wood as hard as I can. Cause you're, you're only a, ru- you're a rubber arm until you're not right, Bryce. I mean, mm-hmm. um, with, with the rubber arm, there does come some mileage, but, uh, but yeah, it's just nice to see the Reds kind of jumping out here early in the reliever market. How good or how 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 much value is in this deal? I don't really know. We're gonna have to see how the rest of the offseason plays. But again, it's like sixteen million dollars over two years. That's not a lot of money in baseball today. I mean, hell, this guy's making one more one million dollar more. than – I know it's a sore subject. Then Joey Votto's getting paid not to play for the Reds next year. So, I mean, like, it's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I like to see them spending their money on guys that they didn't have to trade a prospect for. This is just a straight free agent. All you had to give away was cold, hard cash. Uh, so let's get into, Bryce, uh, the rest of the offseason. And if you guys got any questions in the chat, we'll hang out here for a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to try to be on here too long because I got a pack because I'm headed to Cincinnati tomorrow. Tomorrow night after work. So, uh, uh, but we'll uh, answer any questions you have. First question kind of leads right into it. Our guy Mark Fetters, appreciate you, Mark, as always. What position do you think they'll sign next? I mean, Bryce, it feels like starting pitching is the hot. At least it feels like to me. The Reds probably want to secure at least one starter before they maybe look towards. i do not saying they're not looking now because there was reports of like Candelario but I, I, it feels like they want to get that pitcher first and then kind of worry about whatever's Lex. Like. Do so you kind of feel that way?
1: Yeah. I think pitching that swing type or type type role. Uh, I think that's something Crowell really kind of hit on in, in the hot stove that he talked about was how important it is to have somebody that is comfortable with starting and relieving. Um, so th- there's a lot of arms out there that have done that. So I think that that's a really um, interesting dynamic because, that person's probably not going to cost the sunny grade, like 20, $25 million contract, but that's a really important role on your team. And as you're, as you're kind of progressing through the season, somebody that can fill in, you don't have to have your uh, Brett Kennedys and, and um, Levi style, those type of guys that aren't ready to make starts in the big leagues. And if you do sign a Nick Martinez or Sean Mania type and, and, and can kind of have the person that's done both. It really does uh, help you there. So I think that's kind of who they'll target next. And then, like you mentioned, if they are going to make that splash of the nows or the Beavers or Cease or whoever that may be that they're going to target next, like, that stuff can come together so quickly. Like, you you just have to keep building. And if you, the opportunity presents itself to get one of those guys, you have to do it. So um, th- they're going to keep building their, their team elsewhere. And then if that, that splash does come, they're going to take it and go with it.
0: What do you think of some of these uh, starting pitching names that have uh, been been brought out? I don't know if I've actually saw a report that the Reds have had conversations on Cease. Definitely has a bit as much, if there is not much, not as much chatter as uh, Tyler Glass now and uh, uh, Shane Bieber. What do you think about uh, uh, those two guys? And I guess Thorwin Cease as well, just because he is a hot trade topic right now.
1: Yeah, I think Glass now and beaver are interesting because they both dealt with some injury history even as late as early as last year so i think the biggest thing that with those both of those guys is that rentals they'll literally be here for a year and and more than likely moving on they, they they had something similar with gray in 2019 when they traded for him but um i think it's interesting i think glass now would be awesome i think it would be really cool to have a true front of the rotation ace, solidified ace that that you could kind of rely on. Um, Maybe he only pitches 120 to 140 innings for you, but if you do make the postseason, which I think we all expect the Reds to make the postseason next year and make that next jump, that's a guy that can come in and and legitimately dominate a game. So um, he would be probably my first choice amongst the ones that seem a little bit more realistic. Like you said, I haven't heard them, Rumored on Cease, I feel like that's a Dodgers all over him. But um, Cease would obviously be the first choice. He's a, a solidified one or two with two years of control. Like that's Luis Castillo again. But like I don't know if, if the Reds are going to give the asset that's going to take to get a Dylan Cease there. So um, I would definitely prefer Glass now of the two between Bieber and Glass now. I I don't know how much Bieber has in the tank left. I know he's a lost a little bit, a little bit of velocity. Had a little bit of forearm troubles last year, which is always scary. So, um, would we'll definitely be very happy with either, obviously. But uh yeah, let's, let's do it if it's there.
0: Yeah, I don't, uh, I I don't see Cease just because of how much control he still has left. I don't think the Reds are going to be willing to give up the kind of trade package um, that that warrants. Um, um, Dylan season return. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible I just I, I doubt the Reds are gonna go that far um mm-hmm. now there's there, there's been a lot so Glass now versus Bieber I think there's pros and cons with both of those guys. I actually like the Glass now cost more uh, Glass nows mm-hmm. making 25 million dollars and I, I, I there was a fun conversation on on off the bench today uh, about Glass now versus Bieber. Um, Bieber's set to make, he's Bieber's an arbitration. Uh, glass now signed a contract, contract through his arbitration mm-hmm. years, but Bieber set to make about $12 million. And why I like it. Glass now costs more is when you cost more, you're going to demand less prospects back. So yeah. basically in, instead of trading a prospect, you're just taking on more money. Now you're still going to have to give up something of value for Tyler Glass. So I don't think the rays are going to let him walk. Um, are, are going to, you know, are going to trade him for nothing. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's got to be a team that's going to give up something for a pitcher of his caliber. Uh, but he, he kind of, I think fits a little bit more of, you might be able to make a package that's going to hurt, but it's not going to, it's not going to like rip through your farm system. Um, and, and I think Glass now just has more upside than Bieber at this point in his career. Um, there's just, it just feels like there's a lot of red flags with Bieber. I know he did pitch really well at the end of last year where he kind of felt like, all right, maybe he's getting back on track. Honestly, though, either one of those guys make the Reds better. Um, yeah. So I, I, but I also, I also, Bryce, I kind of, I see, I see the Mets like, looks like they're signing Luis Severino for one year, 13 million. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, you can get him and hold on to all your prospects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it, it's where it's kind of you kind of feel like it's a hard balance there with that.
1: Yeah, it's tough because I mean, the the market's kind of been set on like the mid to lower tier starting pitching. Like Gibson got what twelve million, Lynn got eleven million, uh, Severino got thirteen million. So like that's the going rate. And Sonny Gray got twenty five million a year. Like the, that that's a lot of lot of change, man. Like I, I get it; those guys are are really really good, but um definitely interesting to kind of see how quickly like these guys start to go like are are we going to start seeing a run of guys go do we see a trade first do we see one of these chips fall so uh, there's always a a breaking point in the off season where it feels like deals start to go and it does feel like it kind of starting to go now i know we've had like five or six deals happen today so definitely interesting I, i it's a it's a tough balance for sure
0: well, of course the winter meetings are next weekend. This is uh what a t- price, what a time to be alive. You got reds fest this weekend and then leading like right up into the winter meeting. So it's going to be th- this these like next, uh, next, like seven days, seven, eight days are, are going to be the most exciting for a reds fan in the off season. Uh, and then, uh, there'll probably be a little bit of action, but then once we kind of get into January, we'll have a cold couple months and then, uh, uh, then we'll be back. Um, let's. Uh, we got some more questions. We'll get to those here in a minute. I've, I've kind of gone through. I can star some of them. So I have saw some of your questions, um, and uh, uh, we'll get to them. And if you if I don't get to them, just ask again. Uh, I try the best I can to 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 live, click, and go along as I go, and also try to have somewhat coherent sentences. Let's talk about the position side. I know I've kind of given my man. I want Jorge Solera. One Jorge Solera. One Jorge Solera. I like Candelario. Um, I, I like both of those guys. I would be happy with a Teoscar Hernandez. Any offensive players that that really stand out to you? And I guess also, while you answer that, how big of a need do you think there is?
1: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. I actually put something out today. I think Candelario is probably my favorite fit because I love the the switch hitting aspect of it. I think that he's he would really bring a interesting dynamic he doesn't strike out a lot he hits a ton of extra base hits he doubles machine so i think he's a he's a good fit and offensively just because he can really hit anywhere in the lineup he can play first third and dh he does a lot of things for your team that are positive but uh to kind of go a different direction i think solely reds actually uh, solely from a uh, uh, the like or not whatever it is, the, the pod there. But he mentioned Mitch Garver and kind of doing a – not a three-catcher deal, but more of like a 20% catcher for Garver and then DH and a couple other things there. And I think that's a really interesting option. Mitch Garver is a really, really good hitter. Um, I think he's going to have a little bit bigger market with like the Red Sox and a couple other teams there, which – they're hard to compete with, but um, if he wants to come and he can, he can hit and, and be a, a middle of the order bat there for us. I think that would be an interesting one. Going back to need, I I do think the Reds need to add a little bit more consistency to the lineup. I know we all love the the young guys and and everything that they're going to be able to do hopefully, but there's always the but of do they have a sophomore slump? Does the steer get figured out a little bit? Do they deal with some injuries? Like I do think they need to add a bat, maybe even like a, another, maybe two, like who, who knows what, what they can do. Maybe they bring in two, like five to 10 million guys um, and, and kind of solidify the offense there. Maybe they keep India. Like I know we, we really think India is going to be traded, but maybe they keep India and use him in a little bit other places. Maybe they see if he can play left field. So I, I'm, I'm sold on the offense. I think the offense is going to be really good, but there's always the, the consistency factor that, I mean, we saw how much they struggled the last two months of the season. I really w- would hate to go through that again and, and like really wish that, Hey man, we could have had Jamer Candelario for, I don't know, ten ten million 10 million dollars or $12 million on, on a two, three year deal. And it would have made a lot of sense right now. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get to the, the trade deadline and, uh, wish you would sign someone and then have to give up a plethora of prospects for you. Yeah, I'm with you on, on that. Mitch Garver's an interesting, I, I, uh, I was actually talking to a friend uh, about him the other day and uh, yeah, he's, he would be interesting and kind of would give you a third catching option, not a Kirk Casale. He's an offensive guy. He was DHing for the world series champs. Um, but yeah, he, he would kind of, you know, you could, you know, maybe catch, I don't know, Uh, a game a week kind of kind of, and and just give you like that, that, uh, that option. So he's interesting. There's just, there's a lot of different ways. The the weird thing about this off season price for me, at least kind of what I expected it would be a year ago. This time is that there's so many ways that you can make this team better, but there isn't like necessarily one obvious way other than maybe (laughs) obviously newer pitching, but you could, You there's a there's a reasonable take that you could just go sign all relievers if that's the way the market is and you can make your team better and that way or you just sign all starting pitchers or you just go crazy offense. I thought there was going to be more holes in this team at this point than there Mm -hmm. are and there there really isn't like a glaring hole in this team. Does this team need to get better? Absolutely. Does this team need to sign players? They need to kind of get over that next hump. But there's not like a clear obvious. This is the this is what you have to do you kind of feel that way?
1: Yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, we, we expected them to, to debut last year. I thought Elliott would debut in, like, July. I thought McLean would come up in, in probably June or July. But, I mean, the fact that all of them came up and performed relatively well, too, not like anybody fell flat on their face. I mean, relative to, like, look at Spencer Steer September from 2022. He he fell on his face. Like, he was not good in 2022. And, It made him better. He talked about it on the pod last week on on, uh, the Red hot stuff. He was like, coming up in in September of 2022 made me a better hitter going forward. So I I think all of those guys getting experience last year is only going to help and only going to prop up who they're going to be in 2024. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's not a ton of holes. I mean, you probably – I think the biggest hole right now is a – as another right-handed hitting outfielder. I, I I know we love Stuart Fairchild on this pod, but um <laughs> you could probably upgrade that spot relatively easy um uh, for for some decent change there. So um if if I don't love the three left-handed hitting outfielders, maybe that's a a, a way that they can explore to get better in other ways. Maybe they try to to move a, a fraley or or whoever that may be, I, I'm not speculating. I haven't heard anything, but that's just my thoughts. Like I, I, there's, like you said, there's so many different ways that they can go to make sense and, and make this team better. So there really isn't. It's we got two months of this left. There's a ton of time that that we can talk about all the different scenarios there.
0: Well, you mentioned it. Ricky Logan asked the question: Chances Fraley gets traded? I would put them pretty low. I think if Jake Fraley would have had a, a a more healthy season, I think the chances would actually be higher. But mm-hmm. I just think his value right now is probably not high enough to to where his upside is, in my opinion, and probably the opinion of the Reds. Because when this dude is healthy, he is an elite hitter against Friday. Mm-hmm. Pitching Now the knock on him, he hasn't been healthy enough uh, really over the course of his career. He's had a lot of really fluky, dumb injuries, that don't yeah. necessarily aren't necessarily like, you know, anything wrong with them, just like some really inju- unfortunate injuries. But I will say this, I mean, you look at the Reds last year. I know there's a lot of talk about, well, the Reds was with India and his leadership. Jake Fraley, when he was in the lineup and he was healthy, the Reds were a different team than they were when he mm-hmm. wasn't healthy. So I'd have to be I'd have to be getting the value that I think Jake Fraley's worth. And I don't think anyone's gonna gonna give that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and it's tough because whenever you were trading a true platoon player, it doesn't help that he's carrying an injury baggage with him. So I, I think like I thought the Dodgers were a decent fit for Fraley, but they re-signed Hayward and they're probably gonna re-sign Peralta as well. Like they're probably just gonna run back that that duo as well. So I, like you said, I, I don't know if he's going to provide more value to anybody else besides the Reds in, in regards to what he can bring
0: to the table there. And he traded before Christmas. I, I mean, I, yeah. if I'm setting the over/under, I would say yes. I mean, I think that the winter meetings are the the most likely time anyone gets traded. So um, there are trades after the winter meetings, but you know the the bulk of the the big trades are. Um, you're with me on that?
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot of teams that fit India. Like I think Resident four mentioned it earlier, but I think the Red Sox are an incredible fit for 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 India, and they have a new GM, and that's a splashy move. They just traded for the Rookie of the Year. He's going to be Dustin Pedroia 2.0, playing second base, playing hard, always. Getting his uniform dirty, that type of thing. Like I think he fits what they want to do so well that it's like it's a match made in heaven. And I really kind of like the Red Sox system. I think that there's a, there's some guys that, and I, I know a lot of people are going to hear that, but Jonathan needs should be traded for prospects. And I know you've talked about that before, but I think that it's a perfect time to to kind of replenish there.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Reds Fest this weekend. He is on the the list there. Uh, there has been players that uh, I think I believe I, probably, I can't remember a, a player Pacific, but I believe there was a player that got traded right before that was like on the list that of course obviously went off of the list. Did the, the Reds made someone go to the Reds made someone go to Reds Fest last year? It was a reliever, and then they DFA'd him like two weeks later. Who was we got
1: it? Bubba Thompson on there this year?
0: Yeah, Boba Thompson ain't gonna make that major league roster, but hey, he gets to go to Reds Fest, so uh, congrats. There was, uh, if anyone in the chat can remember, there was there was someone that was at Reds Fest It was a reliever, and he he got dumped like two weeks later, and I was like, man, that poor guy had to go sit through Reds Fest all day. Although you know, hey, maybe he had a good time. Um, how much value does India have on the trade market? This is the this is the million dollar question. I I don't know. I mean, look, Jonathan India is a valuable player to certain teams. Mm-mm. And I, I've said it a million times, so I'm sorry to the people that, you know, watch all the time, but Indy is a player that if you're in a full win now mode and you don't have like a, a lot of, you need just a, some bats, Indy is great, great for you. I don't think like the Reds are kind of in that spot because they have just uh, such a solid with, with Marte, Ellie, McLean. And I don't know if India really fits that utility role guy uh, he's not going to be happy with that type of role. So I don't know. I would be all for the Reds trading him for lower level prospects. I feel like that's what uh, their best returning get back is just because of what the type of team that's trading for him is going to be willing to give up.
1: Yeah. And, and I think you made a good point there with the, the win now team. Like I see a lot of people are like, Oh, he's going to go to the White Sox or he's going to go to uh, wherever. The, the, those teams are going to trade for Jonathan India. He's in arbitration now. He's going to be even more expensive as the years kind of go on here. So whenever you're looking for possible deals or potential suitors for India, only look for teams that are more than likely going to be competing this year are not afraid to give up assets that for a guy that's going to probably come in and play immediately for them. So uh, I think that that's why I think about the Red Sox, just because they're they're kind of – not in desperation mode, but in Boston, a couple losing seasons in a row is like meltdown mode. And they they fired their really good GM for, for no reason and so on and so forth there. But I, that's why, I, I don't know. I just got, got a weird feeling about it.
0: You need to find a team that was in the same spot the Reds were in going into 2020 when they had to go out and sign Mike Moustakis. That's <laughs> yeah. the team you need to go find the trade shot of an idiot too. That's the team. So hopefully that team exists. All right. Uh, What do you think was the Reds' upper limit on Sonny Gray? Um, Would they offer more for Bieber? Bieber's not a free agent. I'm assuming maybe talking about an extension. Um, That's a great question. I don't don't know if they'd offer more. Um, I think the Reds were probably close. I don't think they were that far off on Gray. Um, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't have gone that far, but... The, the fact that the Reds were like mentioned there until the end makes me think that they were, because it wasn't like, you know, we had a, there wasn't a ton of teams listed, right? It was the Reds, no. the Cardinals. And was there one other team?
1: I don't even think there was another one. I, I like, I, I don't have specifics, but I, I will say that I know the Reds were, were very close. And, and I know that, that there's a lot, a lot to be said about how much the Reds did offer there. And, you don't get mentioned in the Aaron Nola, Jeff Passan put the red in the Aaron Nola sweepstakes. That's $170 million that Aaron Nola received from, from the Phillies. So yeah, I I just really think that that says a lot about the reds. And and there's a couple of things with the Cardinals in gray deal that makes it a little bit more intriguing for him to take that first and foremost, he's going to be making $35 million at age 36. Like, that's tough to pass up for one. He's who knows if he's going to even be pitching at age 36. Like, uh, and then um, he got a full no trade clause. He got uh, a a couple other things that I know with, there's a mutual option at the end there for $30 million. So the Cardinals really boosted that deal in order for it to make a lot of sense. I know he talked about how he always wanted to play in St. Louis and this, that, and the other. And uh I think he fed he fed the St. Louis media what they wanted to hear, and they're the best friends in baseball, and so on and so forth. There, but hey, I'm happy for Sonny. He got paid, and he deserves every bit of it. And and we'll see him in April or whenever we play him.
0: Yeah, Sonny Gray was awesome with the Reds. You know, pitched incredibly well for the Reds for several years. I think if 2020 is a full season, a lot of players like like Sonny Gray. Uh, like maybe even like a guy like Mike Mustakis, I think they're viewed a lot differently, like in, in terms of like the Reds, like lore and fandom and all that. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved for the Reds to get Sonny Gray. When I think it got to that much money, it's it. I, I wouldn't have like been mad if the Reds signed that, but it kind of got into close to that uncomfortable range. Of like Ooh, That's a lot of risk. Um, I, I think the Cardinals are a little more desperate. That's why they ended up going there. I don't, like, I don't think they did anything wrong at all. Like I'm not going to say anybody, but yeah, like, the Cardinals, that's a terrible contract. To like, no, they, they needed a good pitcher. They went and got one. Uh, But I hope that contract completely bites him in the ass and he sucks. So <laughs> we'll see. All right. Uh P- Reds at four. Pagan doesn't make Sims expend- expendable in a trade, right? He's his last year of arbitration. I don't think so because the Reds could have kept Sims for a lot cheaper. Uh, I think I think the Reds, you know, obviously could use both. Yeah, I, I would never put anything past Nick Kroll. if the. I think with Nick Kroll, he's always <laughs> open to trade anyone if the price is right. Uh, but I don't know if I see anyone giving up enough for 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 Sims to to get traded.
1: Yeah, um, I think I'm the same same way. You may as well just—he's a high leverage arm. High leverage arms are kind of hard to come by for pretty cheap, so I would like to keep him.
0: Oh, Joel asking the hard-nating question. What percent chance do you put on Otani signing in Cincinnati? Should we start a GoFundMe? Uh, 0.1%. <laughs> Am I too high, Bryce?
1: 0.01. <laughs> <laughs> He's not yeah, moving.
0: I <laughs> uh, you know what? I will ask you this in a more phobic. Me and Trace were talking about this the other night. Do you, if it was up to you, Would you want the Cubs to sign him?
1: No, absolutely not. I've seen that go around, and I think that – I mean, I do not want to play Shohei Otani for 15, 16 games a year or whatever that may be. Like, I I get it. I get the the sentiment of, like, if the contract does go poorly, yes, like, we want that to be one of the the rivals of the Reds. But if it goes as we probably expect of him being the greatest player of all time – but no, I don't really want to see him that often. I'd rather him play for the Dodgers or the Giants or whoever, and stay out on the West Coast and do his thing.
0: I go back and forth on that because I I think that contract could age really really bad and completely like hamstring the Cubs. I don't know. That's uh, it's, tough. it's yeah. Man, I wish I knew what the plans were to get Blake Dunn on the roster, perhaps 300 more minor league at bats. This is a, a good, good question. I love the, trust me, we'll do Blake Dunn talk anytime there is. Blake mm-hmm. Dunn was a awesome player to watch. Every time Blake Dunn had an at bat, once I kind of really started getting invested in him, I heard about him for the first time at the end of last year with uh, uh, Justin Rock, former. Tortugas play-by-play announcer. And he was like, this dude, Blake Dunn, he's awesome. And I was kind of like, okay, I kind of, you know. And then he just like, I was looking at some of his numbers in like May and June. I was like, hey, maybe this guy is something. And he's just a fun player to watch. But Sean, Blake Dunn and Jacob Hurtabees is exactly what you want. They are players that I think are major league caliber players, but you can stock them in AAA. They have options. That's great. You love... You love having that. So um, I think you hope that the Reds don't have plans for Blake Dunn or Jacob be to get at-bats. You hope their plan A is for those guys to get zero at-bats. Because if that's their plan A, the Major League roster is better, and they're probably still going to end up needing to get at-bats at some point because that's just how baseball works and there's injuries. So you want to stockpile as many of these guys as you can in your system um, and I hope Blake Dunn forces their hand at some point. It'd be great if you kind of get in that problem. The Reds keep, I hope the Reds keep having that that same, a lot of the same problems they had last year, where you know, like, oh, we always have too many guys. I hope that's an every year problem because that's what healthy organizations do. The Rays always have that problem,
1: yeah. And I think one thing to consider with that is all three of the Reds starting outfitters last year missed time due to injury at some yep. point Benson, Fraley, and Friedel. So there's gonna be those opportunities. That's why you have to do that's why you probably need to sign somebody. That's probably why you have the Jacob Herdebees and Blake Dunn and hell, they may be hitting three sixty in June or July and, Blake, and Will Benson and Jake Traley and TJ Friedel are tearing it up in the big leagues. And that, like you said, that's a good problem to have. Like that these the Reds have never and at least recently have never had this pipeline of, of the guys that the triple A is actually going to be good. Like, the Louisville Bats were good last year for the first time ever. Like, we weren't just having retreads. And, like, no offense to the Jason Bossers of the world and uh, in, in those guys. Matt Reynolds, he just signed with, like, a – I think he signed with a KBO team. He was going to hit, like, 50 home runs over there. But um, so. those guys just – I don't know. I, I'm just happy that we have real-life people that can help the major league roster
0: there. Yeah, no question about it. All right. What else do we got on, on here? How bad did Marte get injured? Did you, I haven't So many updates on this. Have you Bryce?
1: Yeah. They said, I don't think they said it wasn't too bad. He's going to get checked out in Cincinnati. He's coming to Reds Fest. So um, I think he's, think he's fine. They're probably going to shut him down until February, but I, he, he walked off the field. (laughs) They said, they made it seem way more dramatic than it was. They're like, he had to be like helped off the field, but it was pretty much one guy and Marte was just walking with his arm over him. So, I think I think
0: he's fine. When the the Twitter legend Genosaurus Rex found the clip and did, I was like, okay, I I think I can, yeah, I, I I can I can breathe again. And I'm sure I'm sure folks go on go on X.com. There'll be Reds fans tweeting out pictures of of Marte walking around at Reds Fest, reporting <laughs> on it, and that's why Reds Reds uh, fandom is undefeated. Uh, I love it. This is all for you, Bryce Balding. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, Alfredo Dudo, Ricardo Cabrera, and uh, Sheng Lei? Did I say that right? They've killed it in international signings recently.
1: They have killed it, and they have another really exciting prospect coming in January, Adolfo Sanchez. Um, So, yeah, we'll start with Dudo. I think he's the best catching prospect. Well, I guess Tyler Stevenson was a good catching prospect, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll go with Tyler Stevenson. He, he's a really, really good catching prospect. He's young. His swing is super dynamic. I just posted a video of him on my on my Twitter the other day if you want to check it out. Um, but he has, a, he has like a – I know you guys are going to not like the comp, but he almost reminds me of Gary Sanchez in a lot of ways. But Gary Sanchez was a really highly coveted player coming up. He just didn't take care of his body when he got to the big leagues. But he's that level of hitter. He's that level of – if he can really swing it, he's got a lot of power. So I'm really excited about him. He didn't catch all of last year with an elbow issue. So um, I'm excited to get see him get back behind the plate and, and kind of refine some of his skills there. He's so young. I don't even know if he's going to come over and play in the Arizona League or not this year. I think he may even play another year in the Dominican League. So we'll see on him. Ricardo Cabrera. Um, had a monster year in uh, the Arizona league last year. I, I'm really excited about him. He he's probably one of the best pure contact hitters. The reds have in the system. Um, he, he ended up hitting like probably close to 320 last year in the Arizona league. I don't have the numbers pulled up with me, but um, he's playing winter ball in Australia. I believe, I think they stream those games. If you guys want to check them out, but really excited about him. I don't know if he's a shortstop, in the future, he's probably a second baseman, maybe a third baseman if he's got the arm for it. But um, I'm really excited about his hit pool. I think he'll progress a little bit more with power as well. Um, and then Sheng In Lee, um, he just played the field last year in the Arizona League. Uh, he's a little overmatched. I, I, I think that was expected. He came right over. He was playing high school baseball pretty much in Korea. Or I believe that's where they signed him out of. So, I think he's going to have a little bit more of a waiting period. I think they're probably still deciding on if he's going to pitch or if he's going to hit. I think they like his contact skills as a hitter. He's fast. He, he can, he can go get it in center field. So I, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a project than the other two. The other two are really like legitimate prospects. Like I think they're legitimate guys on like you can start seeing them pop up on like MLB top 100 list coming up soon. So I, I think, the the first two are really really exciting. I'm I'm still in wait and see mode on 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 Lee. Uh, I, I'm not totally sure what we'll see out of him. I think he'll probably spend at least another year in the Arizona Complex League there, just continue to develop, get stronger, and continue to go through that there.
0: Australian Winter Bowl. I got to check that out. That actually that's actually in English, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, there's a guy on, on Red's Twitter. He caught one of Ricardo Cabrera's foul walls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check that out. What time What time are those games?
1: Like 3 a.m.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, next time I'm at 3 a.m., yeah. Why is going to kill me? Why, why are you so tired? Yeah, I was watching uh, <laughs> Ricardo Cabrera until 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, boy, get me in trouble, Bryce. Well, a uh, good question here from David Brown. If India's traded, does Barrero make the opening day roster? He's out of options. Uh, my take on Barrero here is there's no the, there's no reason to make any sort of decision on Barrero right now because he is out of options, but he doesn't really cost you any money to hold onto your roster. So keep mm-hmm. him, have him go through spring training, see what he looks like in spring training. Don't plan for him to make the opening day roster. Be have a team that that again kind of the same thing with with you know not letting Blake Dunn be your plan A. Um, and if there's a need, you keep him around, you put him on the opening to roster. I'd be all for the Reds, even sort of hiding him if if they feel like hey, he, he made some positive uh progressions into into camp. Um, but if he comes, in the, you don't really see any sort of progress and there's not a need for him, then you get rid of him. But it's just it's not a decision that I think you can very easily kick down the can at least another four months.
1: Yeah. And not to be the bear of bad news, but he's hitting like a buck 30 in the Dominican winter league. And he's really, really struggled. I just, I feel bad for him yet. Yeah, everybody that has followed me for a decently long time knows that I am Jose Barrero's number one fan. Like I legitimately, I'm a, I used to go to war for that guy over some of the dumbest stuff, but I really like him. I think he's a really good dude. And I'm, rooting for him like crazy, but unfortunately just hasn't been able to put it together. And yeah, I, I, like you said, they'll, they'll probably come into spring training with him, but if we expect the roster to shake out like it is, I, I don't see a, a world where he makes the open day roster.
0: Would you say the Pagan signing is a sign that the Reds will spend on a starter? And would you rather them spend or trade for one? Um, I, yeah, I like think I said, I'd much rather than spend. Um, now, that's not as easy said and done. I don't want them to go sign um, uh, Blake Snell to a 12-year contract. <laughs> like Don't do that. It's got to be reasonable. Um, but obviously spending, especially on short-term deals, is way better than trading. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think the Reds are still absolutely looking for a starter. Um, I don't think this changes really anything ever. I, I feel pretty confident before they were going to add a starter this offseason, at least one.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're you're spot on. I think it means a lot. A lot of things are about to start happening here soon, and I'm very very excited about kind of where this is going to
0: go. All right, here we go. Here's a, a fun November 29th topic. Can you guys give an honest take on David Bell? I think he's been great with what he's given. Given talent wise, would love to see him manage a top three four talent MLB team. Yeah, I, I. I'm with, I'm with David Bell. Stan. Um, I, I, again, I mean, this team was projected to win sixty some of the games and finish with eighty-two. I mean, I, I love to see this guy get a crack with a really, really good roster and see what he could do.
1: Yeah, and and I think that I get a lot of heat for it, but I'm very much in the managers don't matter as much as everybody thinks field. Um, so, yeah, I think D- David does something that a lot of other managers don't get credit for, and that's keeping a really good clubhouse. Everybody loves playing for David Bell. You, nobody leaves the Cincinnati Reds and says, oh, I hate the culture. I hate all this. I hate that. Like, he's done a great job of establishing a really good culture, a really good place to play. People want to come play here. I know even Tommy Pham of all people spoke highly of the Reds organization and their clubhouse there. So.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm happy. David Bell's the Reds manager. All right. Well, you got any other final thoughts here, Bryce, before we uh we wrap this bad boy up? No,
1: I'm really excited. I think there's going to be some some movement, even more so in the coming days. Obviously, going into the winter meetings, I'm excited to see kind of the impact is able to make on the roster. I, I'm, I'm excited. I think that he, he's got a lot of really good plans for this team, and and. I'm excited to to kind of get to the line there and see kind of where we
0: are. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support. If you had not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast to have new episodes after every single game. And we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, make sure that you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so that you can join us for live episodes of Chatterbox Reds. Hit the bell and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about all of the other great content at Chatterbox Sports. First off, there's our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on YouTube, of course on Chatterbox Sports. Off the Bench is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Great podcast listen uh, for your drive home, as it's usually posted uh, by 1 or 2 in the afternoon every day. Then there's Chatterbox Bengals. They go live after every single Bengals game. Similar fashion to what we do at Chatterbox Reds. Those guys are doing a great job covering the Bengals this season. Speaking of the Bengals, there is Chatterbox Clicker with Coach Kyle Kasky, former Bengals coach. That is every Tuesday night. Coach Kasky breaks down film from the latest Bengals game in a very innovative show on Chatterbox Sports that you do not want to miss. And if that's not enough to fill your NFL fix, there's Mac and JT. That is Wednesday nights on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Uh, That is all things NFL. They go through each and every game. And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats. That is with host Charlie Walter, formerly of Reds Live. Covers all things UC sports. They are going live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. So that's, of course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Chatterbox Bearcats is also available everywhere you get podcasts links to all those shows are in the episode notes today so be sure to check them out give those guys the support that they deserve well thank you so much for tuning in today hope that you have a fantastic day and as always go reds